You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the podcast, or welcome to the podcast if this is your first time. Thank you very much for tuning in. I know there is a lot you could be listening to right now, and it means the world that you chose this show. I don't have too much for you at the top of this episode, but I will remind you that if you would like to support the show and you're planning on buying some gear, if you could go to ToneMob.com slash Sweetwater for any of your Sweetwater.com needs or ToneMob.com slash Reverb, if you're going to be buying gear from either of those places, it really helps a lot. The Sweetwater one is especially helpful. They are very generous. They've been extremely supportive of this podcast. So if you are planning any Sweetwater purchases in the near future, please use the link tonemob.com slash Sweetwater, and that will help out the show quite a bit. Thank you to everyone that has done that. It's been a really big help to keep the lights on around here, quite literally. So thank you very much. All right. I think that's enough plugging for this episode. Sometimes these intros get long and rambly. I will just go ahead and say, let's start the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Tone Mob podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have August Axelson from Keonashi. What's going on, dude? Hello, my friend. Not much, man. Just been sitting here and riffing, you know, drinking my coffee. Yeah. Basically what I do every <laughs> morning. <laughs> yeah, I dig it, man. Yeah. No, this is this is cool. This is exciting because uh, as I was telling you off the e- well, on email, I think, or mm-hmm. text, whatever way, it was like when you reached out, uh, I was like, hey, I just found this band like a few months ago when I was... Randomly, I was in town doing some stuff with JHS in Kansas City, and for some reason, I just that's when I found your band. I don't remember even how it happened. It's one of those weird things. It's like, did it just pop up in the algorithm? Did I see right. somebody share something? I'm like, I don't know. I just know I found the band and started like scrolling through, and I was like, this is tight. I like these guys. And oh, fast yeah. forward a few months later, and there was an email. Thanks, man. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, it's funny how yeah, like how the like uh, yeah, like how that works out because uh. JHS, um, our guitarist, Alex, is like a super big pedal nerd. That's like his thing. Mm-hmm. So he right. watches all like yeah, like all of like the YouTube series, you know, like those those live streams. Um, and our friend Juan actually works there or worked there prior prior or as of like a few months ago. But um mm-hmm. I thought that he told you yeah, like about us because like it just like yeah, it's it's weird and ironic that like you just so happen to be there and then you find us like <laughs> right. But that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Um Yeah, man. It's a but it's a small world. <laughs> it is. It that is something I didn't really realize like prior to Ooh, I forgot I gotta turn my AC off. Everyone's gonna hear a beep. There you go. Bye. Uh professionalism is what I'm all about, as you Hell can yeah, tell. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> yeah. But uh anyway, it's just one of those weird things where you know I was my listeners know this, but I was a mechanic before this and like worked in the oil industry. Sure. And so I never really thought like doing anything in the music industry was going to be possible. Yeah. That didn't make any sense. Like I'm not going to be doing any of that. But once I did get in, I realized like it it seems a lot bigger from the outside. Mm -hmm. You know, as a fan, it seems like it's like this massive thing. And it's just 
In some ways it is, but most ways it's not. Everything's yeah. much more connected than it seems. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's it's definitely true. And like, there's definitely like a level where like, I don't know, like, I mean, like, obviously we're not at a large size yet, but like we've been around long enough where like we know a lot of like, you know, like larger bands and just like, I don't know, everyone talks. Everyone is well is well connected. Like the circle always connects somewhere. Like yep. you, you just need that one end or that one friend to like, you know, like take you as a merch guy or give you like an opportunity to work for their company or like, you know what I mean? Like, like you just need like that one in and then like you basically are in the circle, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you just have to be a part of it. I mean, it can be as simple as like just being involved in a particular community. I know that like in the weirdest way, like my old boss's son now works for us at Stringjoy just because like he I just happened to be catching up with him like in the middle of the pandemic he's like mm-hmm. my son just moved to Nashville do you know anybody that is hiring I'm like oh, actually wow. you know yeah I do you know um we're looking for somebody right now and he just so happened to be a really good fit so it's incredible oh, yeah. he's been down there for a year now and uh wow. yeah it's just like you never know where that opportunity is going to come and then like even further, like where it's going to lead after that. Oh that's, yeah, dude, that's, that's for, really what it is for sure. There's so many like, there's so many like like tours or shows or like general random opportunities that we got just by connecting with somebody, just by like having a conversation, and then like a year down the line, that person like DMs us, being like, "Hey, like remember that time we talked? Do you guys want to do this?" Yeah, and I mean, right. it's all it's <laughs> it's all about like those random little connections that you make, and like eventually something's gonna pop up from those. Like exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and you never know what that might be, and you just kind of have to be open to whatever comes your way and say yes to things, and because you can always say no later. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah. If it doesn't work out, it's like, eh, this isn't for me. Yeah. I'm bounce. Yeah. That's you know? see, see, that's that's one thing with with a ko though is like we're the type of band where like we rarely say no. I mean, like we're kind of at the point now where like you know like certain shows like we'll say no, but like we're kind of crazy and like we don't even like off days like on our tours so like we try to book out every single day we don't say no to, sh- to like shows while while we're like out on the road so mm-hmm. it gets a little crazy for us because we're always like yes 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 and then we get absolutely wiped but yeah you're you like need what's to up know denny's when to, yeah like <laughs> <laughs> you need to know when 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 to say no to things um yeah but we've definitely got accustomed to just being road dogs right now <laughs> i think that's i mean that's good though at in, in uh, the early stages of a career, of any <laughs> career, really, like music or anything else. It's yeah, like man. you got to take those opportunities and see because otherwise you just don't really know. Yeah. You know, it's just like I just heard about a band that got, uh, you know, not a huge payday, but like a decent chunk of cash to go play like at a Harley Davidson uh, like dealership. Fire. You know? And it was like, and it was like, well, I wouldn't have really thought about that, but. They were like, yeah, we made, you know, okay money. You know, it was it was a good day's work. And know, it sounds like thing. a fun show. Like, that's not something that you can say every day. Yeah, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, like I played to a whole bunch of bikers and, and yeah, like a Harley Davidson shop. That's, that's right. tight. That's badass. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's unconventional, but it's like, hey, it's, these things are out there, you know? Um, honestly, man, like I'm all, I'm all about like the, like, like the unconventional shows. Like I'm much more of like, I'm on the, type of person where like i'd rather play like you know like an old basement as opposed to like a larger kind of venue um yeah and the same thing kind of applies to like conventional and unconventional shows like we did um we did this parking lot show with uh that band um fever 333 
uh, two years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And it was, like, in the parking lot of the Chance in Poughkeepsie, I believe. And it was, like, I don't know. It was, like, this very mini festival. And it was, like, such a weird show we played on on asphalt. And, like, it was just a sick time. And, like, while it wasn't the most, yeah, like, packed out, like, I vividly know every detail from that day because of how special it was. You know what I mean? And I would right. much rather take those, you know, like those moments over like a packed out show or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Packed out shows are nice too, though. Oh, yeah. I, I do agree <laughs> with that, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> so let's, uh, let's rewind a little bit for the listeners who may not be familiar with you or your band and what you do, but like let's go with the whole backstory. So like sure. when did you start playing... And how did it lead to where you are now? And actually, you were talking about some really interesting stuff before we hit record that I want to get into. So of course. I think that'll be a nice way to get to that. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. I'll do a quick little from, from the top. I mean, um, I started playing guitar freshman year. Um, my friend Roger at the, at the time, um, he was one of like the first kids that I met in my high school. Um, and the high school that I went to. So, so I grew up in Princeton which is central Jersey. It's, it's a town of like, you know, like the university. So yeah, definitely on, on like the richy kind of preppy kind of side. So I was like that one kid in my high school to be coming in with like, you know, like the tight gray skinny jeans and the bright blue, like <laughs> drop dead uh, cat yep. shirt. If, if like, you know what I'm ta- talking about? A hundred percent. And yeah, like I would definitely. come in with that. I had the blonde streak in my hair. Like, like my hair was like basically cemented shut with like hairspray and like that's just how i looked for like my first half of high school and um i remember when i went there roger um was the only other kid that i saw with with like you know with like the swoop hair and like the skinny jeans he was wearing an avenged sevenfold shirt and a purple bandana and (laughs) and like i was just like you're gonna be my friend um and then uh yeah we started a band we played a battle of the bands um and then maybe like a year later, oh, I went funny. to my f- I'm first. wearing my high school battle dude, the yes. t-shirt right now. <laughs> yes, dude. Honestly, I miss those. They were fun. I never want to see those videos ever because I'm sure they're just bad. But um, right, dude, but it like, was fun. <laughs> I can barely watch like our set videos now, bro. Like I'm, I'm like way too hard on ourselves. But um, yeah. So met him. Start started a band. We went to our first show at this venue called the Court Tavern in New Brunswick. Very very. A tiny bar um and it's funny because at that show is where i met a lot of the kids that i still talk to and play with today um and mm-hmm. that was back in like 2011 um so after that show it was kind of just like a snowball effect like i started an- another band with him i left that band for this other band and like basically my my like my like music career has been like starting a band being with that band for a long time the rest of the like the rest of the guys in that band would start to get tired out of music or not want to do it. Then I'd move on to the next band and like that would keep happening until I landed in uh, KO. And once I got into KO back in like 2015 or so, um, they're the first band that like, you know, we're all like gung ho about this. We're all like, this is what we want to do. We'll spend any amount of money. Like we'll, we'll sleep in a van. Like, like it's completely fine. We just want to, do this and like it was the first time i finally had a group like that and i think once i found that um that really ignited the spark because like you know like i've 
I grew up going to warp tours. I grew up like watching mm-hmm. like live, you know, like live set videos and interviews and and like rig rundowns and everything. And like I always wanted to be that band on the warp tour stage with with like the giant rack with like the rat gear and and you know, like like uh the two four twelves and the eight tens and like have like yep. that look. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Um same. And then like, yeah, once I got into KO Man, it was just like we all just clicked really well with each other. We're all on the same page. And the rest is history, man. And that whole entire time I was just playing guitar and playing bass and here I am now. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so tight. It's so cool to see somebody like we have a kind of a similar story. Not exactly the same, obviously. I took a different path. I was one of those friends that was like, I'm not going to do this. I have to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> pay bills and stuff. And like, uh, I, just, I just knew and I still know that like I'm not tough enough to be on the road. I'm such a baby. Like, I'm like, I need my bed. Like, <laughs> I can't do it. I need a shower. Um, but I always did want to be, you know, that guy on stage like you're talking about. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't it, have it both. You have to do all of the things <laughs> in yeah. order to get there. You know, you can't uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Well, I feel like I've sort of found a way to do that, but not exactly. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, like, you know, the, you know, like now, now that you bring that up, um, that's a really solid point because like honestly i growing up i always thought like oh like if you quit quit music or like whatever like you you just weren't like that in it you weren't passionate enough and i was kind of a dickhead like i'm not like i'm not gonna lie um right with age i've kind of realized that like you know like i i mm. i definitely battle anxiety and depression like the same as like 95 percent of other dudes who play music too yes um, and uh <laughs> a large part of that is from playing in bands and just like the amount of stress like dude like there's been so many times and situations where like i was just like i don't know if i can do this like i'm broke this is terrifying like so many different things and emotions and it gets to be a lot you know and i think there's something really admirable when somebody is like okay i still love music but i like my sense of security i want to raise a family i want to bring money home to my family i don't want to you know not see my family for six to eight months you know you know what I mean? And that's right. completely all right. And I think it's totally cool when somebody wants to go do their own thing as long as like, you know, like they don't let their their love for music die and like they still keep their passion up in some way, shape or form, which, you know, like you you have like the perfect spot now. Like, like, like you know what I mean? You're still like well yeah. involved <laughs> in the music industry, but you can sleep in your bed every night, which is tight. For me, it is, I've ended up in this like sort of weird ideal situation, which I didn't, no existed. Well, I guess back in the day, it didn't exist. This wasn't an option. You know, I couldn't do these things. You couldn't even like record from home as easily as you can now right. with the podcast or with music. And now the things are just so much, so much easier to create things. I guess it's it's easier to create things than it was ten years ago. Yeah. Whatever that thing is, it doesn't matter what it is. That is that is that is for sure, man. It's crazy. I mean, like. Yeah, like what, like what you're bringing up now is such a rabbit hole. Like, there's like, yes, like the past like two or three, three years. Actually, no, like the past like four to five years. Like, the amount that you can do at home has dramatically increased. Like, there's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, you, you can make a record in your bedroom now that sounded as good as like a full, like expensive studio album from like six years ago. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's insane what you can do like by yourselves. And that's also s- something that I feel like a lot of bands don't really realize. And they think that like, you know, 
recording your own music or like doing your own artwork is like this super ominous, time consuming, I can't do this thing, I need to go hire somebody. Um, but in reality, you know what I mean? Like you can really do everything yourself nowadays, man. It's crazy. Like the amount of tools and information you have at your disposal, yeah, with like the internet and online classes and master classes and all that stuff, like there's a lot there there's a lot you can do. It's crazy. Totally. Are you familiar with the band uh, If I Die First? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was talking to uh Braden, well, Medarb. I don't know which way. Yeah. I don't know what to call him because he's I call him both things. Mm -hmm. But um on this podcast, and I was like, dude, you, you guys' guitar sounds and everything sounds so heavy and so sick. Like, what did you use? And he's like, not gonna like this. But <laughs> the red it's bean all in, pod. <laughs> no. It's all yeah, kidney bean. No. But he's like, it's all it's all plugins. It's all in the box. Mm -hmm. Everything was done on in the box on that record. I'm like, I'm sitting here like I'm Mr. Two Bamp Man, you know, like two bamp pedal man yeah. over here. And I'm just like, man, there's no denying that, that record sounds huge. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it just does. I mean, and it's all yeah. laptop. Dude, it's wild. I mean, like, I don't know exactly how true this is, but um, yeah, so I work at this studio in uh, Bayonne called Timber Studios. And um, I was talking to the guy that I, that I work with, Adam, and he was ta talking about how I'm pretty sure that newest structures, that newest structures EP songs that, that just came, mm -hmm. came out, I think Zach Cervini did them. And um, apparently he did them all in the box. He did all the mixing in the box in his laptop or in his computer. And if you listen to that, to like, yeah, you know, like those like five, five or six songs, they sound huge. They sound like they were mixed in like a nice studio with nice gear, but no, it was just all done with in the box plugins, man. Like, and again, that's, that kind of goes back to what I was saying of like, people think you need all this crazy gear and all this money and all this stuff to do, to make like yeah like high quality art it's like no you really just need to sit down and practice and mm -hmm. perfect your craft yeah i mean it's it's astounding i'm working on a music video for something i i did off of a, a record i made this year and i don't really know that much about video editing but i have friends that do and my my friend devon who's been on this podcast a lot is helping me out and i'm kind of not like trying to pat myself on the back i'm more like wow what if you just can use some of this technology and like just play around with it, you know, just you don't really even have to know what you're doing. I don't really know what I'm doing, and I'm really happy with how it's turning out. I yeah. just sit back and watch it, and I'm like, I'm not even really sure how I did that, but yeah, but like it's it such a good cool. feeling doing it yourself yeah. too. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. no, I, I totally feel it. And like, but like the big thing is, and this is some something that I've start, started to realize, and maybe this is just me with the personality type that I am. Um, but when you get into that field of like doing everything yourself and creating your own art, I mean, just, just with art and being a musician in general, you know, like you have to get over the fact that like, you're gonna hate your work like 95% of the time. Oh yeah. And you oh, have yeah. to kind of work over that feeling and get over that feeling and just know, you know, I'm putting in all the effort and time that I can. I'm doing the best that I can and whatever I make is cool with me. And it's just about progress, man. You know what I mean? Like, but that's a big lesson that I had to learn when it comes to like all this DIY stuff is like, yeah, it's gotta be a little kind with yourself and and realize you're gonna not like a lot of the stuff that you do, but you'll look back at it at like in like a year or two from now and be stoked on your progress and be stoked on where you came from. And I think that's what really matters about it, you know? 
Yeah, and I think the one thing that I really had to learn, it was really hard for me, and I've told this story 400 times on this show, but it, tell it, it bears again, repeating, Bill. I think. Tell, yeah. tell it again. <laughs> this, so, like, I got really tired of myself. <laughs> I have all this gear. I'm really in just the most spoiled situation that any guitar player could find themselves in, right? Like, right. I've just got, I've got a space that I can blast tube amps at 11 p.m. at night and nobody says anything because it's pretty isolated, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just, I'm in a super fortunate circumstance. And I kept thinking, like, man, my teenage self would be so mad at me because I'm just doing that and I'm just, like, noodling around by myself at night and not actually, like, <laughs> making anything which is all I wanted to do as a teenager. And I didn't have the gear or the knowledge to be able to do it. And now I do, and I'm and I, I'm not doing anything with it. And so I I have a text chat that goes along with this podcast. And I just kind of publicly stated to everybody, I think there was like 80 people or something on it at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I was just like, I'm making a record this year. You know, and it was like, then I was like, oh, the pressure's on. I have to make a record this year because I said I was going to. Here you said just, it. It's out that's, there. <laughs> that's how I have to do it. And so I started recording and I got it done in uh, like two and a half months or something and uh, put it out there. And the the big thing that really pushed me over the edge after I made that statement, I was kind of stressing about it and I was making stuff that I, I don't really know where it comes from. It doesn't sound like what I listen to. Mm -hmm. And I was showing my wife and she was just like, don't worry about that. Maybe that's just what you do. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter that it doesn't sound like your favorite band. Yeah. It's just your thing. And that was like a light bulb moment for me. I was like, it's so simple. I don't have to sound like them. I can do yeah. whatever I want. It does, there's no yeah, rule man. saying I have to sound like my favorite artist. Yeah, man. Like, and my favorite artists don't sound like the people that they say inspire them half the time. So why, why do we put that pressure on ourselves? I don't know why. It doesn't really make any sense, but we all do it. Honestly, man, it, I really just think it's because of social media. It's just like I I talk about this a lot, and like I'm I'm the type of person where like I'm so I am absorbed into my phone. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I use that as like a social crutch. I use that as like you know just a way to calm my nerves, anxiety when I'm in social situations. Mm -hmm. Um, and not not only that, like obviously when I'm at home, like I'm on Instagram, I'm I'm like watching like well like your videos and people posting their polished riffs on Instagram. And it's so, 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 so hard to not compare yourself. No matter how hard you try, if you have an Instagram account or a Facebook or a Twitter, dude, like, and you see all these dudes who can like shred or like a 15 year old who's like a way better player <laughs> than you are. And yeah. that shit just, just absolutely crushes you if if you let it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and that's also like another thing I'm really try trying to, trying to work on is like, you know, trying not to compare my own art and just really taking whatever comes out of me and being like, okay, I made this. I'm happy with it because I made it. Um, yeah. But it's 100% in the age that we live in now, that's a very hard thing to come to terms with. Um, and I still have not come to terms with that yet. <laughs> but it's getting it, it, easier, you know. It, it could be social media. Um, it definitely doesn't help. But I, I feel like for me, I didn't actually get on, I'm kind of weird. I didn't even get on social media until 2015 when I started doing this stuff. Cool. No, and, that's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> and so, yeah. And, and, but then in weird, in a weird way, that became like part of how I make my living is by helping companies with their social media, which sure. is so strange. But I, I had those feelings before 
social media. Oh yeah, you know, no, I, yeah, same. same. I was, yeah, with, yeah, I was yeah. with, I was definitely without it for long enough that I was like, I was, I was an adult without social media, and I still would listen to records and be like, I can't do these things. I can't do these things. Yeah. And I've been there. It doesn't before, man, matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, that's and I and that's been really freeing to me. Like now that I like have fully accepted that, I'm like, it's fine. It's fine to not sound like that yeah, person. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. In yeah. fact, it's a good thing, you know, because now you sound like you, and that's what makes it special. That's what makes music cool. We're all dealing with the same like twelve notes. Exactly, you know? exactly, I, man. Leia, like I would much rather listen to a band that's very strange and out there than you know a band that follows like the standard verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus kind of kind of like right. whatever structure that people use now nowadays um i would much rather listen to something out there and weird and experimental because like i don't know like and again this kind of goes back to social media and like the saturation of everything like there's just so many people making bands and music and art and everything like it's so hard to find anything original like like actually like truly original that Mm -hmm. yeah like i would just always much rather listen to something that like even if it sounds weird or off or not conventional like at least it they're doing something, you know what I mean? Like, like they're doing whatever right. they like to do, and it's so important to just like write music that you would listen to. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if somebody else isn't going to listen to it, then you know, like, like, but like, <laughs> as long as you like it, as long as you are happy with it, and it's something that you would wake up and put on your iPad or or your your iPod, at like, you know what I mean? Like, that's all that matters, man. Like, just whatever you want to listen to, you know? Like, that's true. That's true. But I, I mean, even then, like, I, I don't know that I even, the music that I make, I listen to stuff like that now because I started making things like that. Mm-hmm. But before, it wasn't something that I was necessarily drawn to. Interesting. You know, I had heard, yeah, I don't, and that's why I'm like, I don't know where this is coming from. I don't know what this is. So, like, people were saying, and I, after I got into it, we were like, oh, this reminds me of, like, Godspeed You Black Emperor. I'm like, what? I've only listened to that band, like, once. Yeah. And that, and then I then I dove into it once people started saying that, and honestly I'm like, if that's what this sounds like to you, then I'm uh, honored because yeah. the, <laughs> the, the, you know that group's amazing, and I don't I can hear the vibe, but I don't I wouldn't put it on that yeah, level it's myself. Just, yeah, it's just weird how like you ended up there without even really listening to that band. I mean, like we we have a similar thing like when we dropped why'd you do it, and subsequently basically everything after Pete, uh, people keep saying that we sound like that that band sicketh if, mm-hmm. or sixth i'm not i'm not sure how, how to say their name um, i'm not either but i know but, what you're talking about but peter listens to some my my vocalist but me and alex and like me and alex are like large songwriters for you know like for the band um we'd never listen to that band like 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 we've like i don't right. think i've ever listened to a full <laughs> song by them and once i went to go actually like check out sixth it's like if like I really have to go and look up how to say their name because it's gonna bother me now. Yes. Um, I was like, okay, this makes sense. Like, I get this. I have no idea how we landed here, but that's cool. You know. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder how many times that's happened. Uh, yeah, the answer is a lot, but where it's like, <laughs> you know, you go and you hear that, oh, this group is suing this group because they used, you know, it sounds like they ripped off this part of their song. And maybe they did, you know, in whatever instance that happens to be. But it's like, what are the odds that they just got there yeah. by accident? 
you know, I think pretty good. Pro- probably pretty good. Yeah. I mean, like that mm-hmm. or like they subconsciously, you know what I mean? We're listening to that song like a few weeks ago and then, it, you know, they don't realize it, which I'm sure also happens. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, it's happened to me so many times. I mean, like, dude, like, like, have like, have you ever seen? I forget exactly what it's called, but there's this thing amongst a lot of jazz music, a lot of it called like, like the lick or something or like the riff. And like, it's just one little like four or five note melody where like, and it's like a 20 minute long, like YouTube video. Um, and they play all these jazz songs that have the exact same melody and exact same rhythm. And somehow just all these dudes have just been playing the same thing for years and years and years. And like, you can find this one little lick across all of this music. And it's so crazy. It's like so crazy to listen to. Cause like, it's very, it's very apparent too. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that that's very prominent within like metal and hardcore too, just with so much of it out there, it's hard to pinpoint exactly who is copying who or like if anybody's copying anybody, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, who did the first breakdown? Mm-hmm. Who did that? Somebody did that. You um, know? I want to, uh, I want to say like Pantera. I think, I think that was, that that would be a solid, like a solid option. Like, like an actual first mm-hmm. breakdown, I feel like would be like old school Pantera. Probably. That seems, that seems accurate. I can't think of anybody. I'm sure somebody would be like, my dad's band from 1986 did it, and Pantera ripped them off. Like, yeah. I'm sure there's some obscure examples, you yeah. know. But uh, as far as bringing it to the collective consciousness, it's probably Pantera. Yeah, for sure. Somebody's gonna send me an angry email. I yeah, yeah. Right. It is not Pantera. <laughs> Who is this man? <laughs> Here is a live video. It's <laughs> shot, shot on a VHS camcorder. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Yeah. yeah you, when I was listening to your guys' band, what I, what struck me is like, I got some vibe. Now, this will be fun to see, like, because this will lead to another question, but the I got some vibes that, like, you have this controlled chaos thing going on we get in that. a lot of different, you know? Yeah, we get like, those, those two words a lot. Controlled chaos. Yeah. We get that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Because yeah, it's not out of control. Some bands are out of control. It really, some of it reminds me of, like, Dillinger Escape Plan, you know? Yeah. And, in certain moments, um, they have that as well, I think. And that's something you guys, but you guys are more frantic in like urgency to me. Okay. Like it seems like if I'm listening to your guys' music, like Dillinger sounds angry and you guys sound like urgent. Like there's something going on that okay. you need to know about it. I know? like that. that makes yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause like, <laughs> I mean, when it comes to like the Dillinger side, honestly, like, um, that's, that's, um, so all of KO's music is very, all of us have very different tastes, very different bands that we love and grew up on. The Dillinger side of us is definitely our drummer, Peo. He, um, mm-hmm. he, he grew up listening to like, uh, Calculating Infinity, I think is that album. Um, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, like he, we we get a lot of like the chaotic side from him, um, but it's interesting. Both me and Alex are not big fans of Dillinger, though. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, like they're they're cool. Just like I never got into them, nor am I super into the extreme side of chaotic music. I would say, right? You know, right, there right. there's a fine line. I mean, like certain chaotic music. Like um, I don't know if you ever heard of a band called a uh, Omerta. Um, Mm-mm. so they're, they're this band, they're this band from Texas and they're, they're like a relatively new band, but they have an extremely chaotic sound. Like it's hard to 
follow half the time almost, but I love it and it's raw, it's chaotic. But with Dillinger stuff for me per- personally, it's just like, it's a little too much, you know? Um, right. But it, but like <laughs> it does get out there. But it's interesting how Peo's love for that band bleeds into the music too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that you say that, I could, the drumming is probably the part that, that I'm thinking of when I'm referring to that. For it makes sure. sense, the patterns that are chosen. Exactly. M- more so than the riffs that you guys are playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so who who are you inspired by? Like, what, what would you say you draw from? Um, so for me, you know, it's changed a lot over the years. Um, you know, grow, growing up, I was very much like, like a We Came as Romans, I See Stars, Asking Alexandria, like mm-hmm. like scene, scene kid. Um, totally. As I grew up, um, it kind of shifted more into like the melodic hardcore route. Um, and as of like maybe four or five years ago, I've gotten very into softer stuff and and like alt rock, um, indie, um, well, like a little bit of like of like synthwave stuff. Um, but as of right now, and for like for why'd you do it and on, I've been very inspired by bands like Tesseract. Um, Polyenzo is a really is a really big band. Uh, yeah, like band for me. Um, Silver Sun Pickups, Lincoln Park. Um, trying to think what else. This band called Kitsune, who only has a four-song EP, but their that four-song EP is probably one of my favorite like alt rock releases that I've ever heard. Um, okay. <laughs> and um, they haven't released any music since like 2018, but like I draw a lot of influence just from those four songs. Um, but yeah, man, I'm definitely when it comes to like. Ko stuff. I do, you know. I I love riffs. I love writing riffs, but I'm definitely a lot on like the melodic, softer side of our sound. Um, mm-hmm. And then that also bleeds into what I was saying earlier: how like all of us have such different bands and inspirations that we draw from. Um. So like you know, like I'm like the softer, more like melodic side. Alex is like our techie like riff machine and like he loves bands like you know like yeah like tesseract and sleep token um uh he loves coheed um you know so he's like our our, like yeah like our like riff guy peo is like our chaotic rhythm fast guy (laughs) and then (laughs) peter obviously you know he has his own thing with his vocals and his lyrical style and like he he has the most out there diverse music taste out of anybody that I know. He listens to everything from like extremely obscure SoundCloud rap to like early 2000s Rise Core. You know what I mean? Like okay, it's like right. all over the place. <laughs> and like, I just feel like with all that in mind, knowing that you can really hear that within our sound and how all of those make up who we are as a band. Yeah, I was, I've been very curious about Peter's vocal style. Cause I was like, where did, where is he getting this? Because some moments are like, wow, he's going to lose his mind. And then some moments it's like more pulled back, but not in a way that I've heard anybody else do. You know, lots of people have done the scream, sing, scream, sing yeah. thing. But his delivery, I, that's where the urgency comes through for me. That's where that part of the sound is. It feels like he's really, he really needs to tell you yeah. whatever he's telling you at that moment. Exactly, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And like it it works well because like that's such a big part of us as a band is like our whole thing is like just listen. Like like if your friend need like yeah you know, like needs help, then listen to them. If if you're listening to our music, just listen to it. Yeah, you know, you know I mean it's such mm-hmm. like a big thing for us. And with 
Peter's sense of urgency and just like his general vocal delivery, like I think that plays into it too, where like you really just need to listen to what he's saying and listen to the lyrics. And it has like this whole, it brings like this whole other side to our music. And like it, it's like a whole other different element. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's like such a big thing for us. Like we really just want people to pay attention and listen, even though it's fast and chaotic. Like there's a lot, there's a lot that goes on there. Um, yeah, man. It's one of the first records in a long time that I've wanted to do the thing that I used to do when I was a kid, which is like, or not records, but bands in general, uh, where I've wanted to like lay on the bed and unfold the lyric sheet. Even like with heavy music, I yeah. usually want to move. I usually want to move around. Um, it's just just my thing. Uh, of course. While I'm working out or whatever, but like with with your band, I want to like I I want to do that as well. But it, it's one of the first bands in a while. That I'm like, I want to hear what Peter's talking about. Yeah, you know? of course. And actually, like, to take take the time to digest the lyrics more. I haven't quite done that yet, but I definitely plan on it here. Yeah, man. Soon, yeah, so. no, it's 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 definitely a super 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 important part part of us, especially because like, like I don't know how how deep you've really dived into the lyrics, but babe, like, um, our whole band is kind of a concept right now. Um. Dear Lemon House is about a kid named named Jamie going going through through high school and like the album is like basically the events that unfold throughout um his and her uh life in high school. Um and, and like I won't like say too much more besides that, so I don't like give anything away. But mm-hmm. it makes Peter's lyrics that much more important because like while I'm not super on the story side side of things, that's very much more so Peo and Peter. There's a lot, there's like a whole entire like universe and world and characters that we talk about throughout like that album and like certain things and events that happen that when you listen to the lyrics, you can start to connect like all all the dots and like see like a bigger story that we're trying to tell. Dude, that's so sick. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I, I had not realized that. Oh, that's exciting for me. That's going to be, that's going to be really fun to take a take a harder look at and it's especially because right now the next thing i'm working on is like a album spoken word story thing it's hard to explain but it's like it's going to be four different pieces where it's like the there will be the music there will be the music with the spoken word on top and but i also am trying to design it to where you can have them both isolated so you could just listen to it as an audiobook or listen to the music without the lyrics. Dude, I really like that, man. That's that's, that's, that's a really what I'm cool trying idea. to do right now. <laughs> it's 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 some of it's coming really really easy, and some of it's like hmm, because some of the music, if you try to fill it out too much, then the the story gets it it, it takes it the pacing and messes yeah, yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, sure. But then if you but I'm really trying to make them work independently. Yeah. And the uh, the spoken word part's pretty easy. It's just you know you read at a decent pace, and that's you make it flow how it's supposed how you wrote it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But trying to fit it in with the music and have the music work without the lyrics is hard because I'm used to filling out the space sure. in every single way. But I have to like leave room for that. It's it's a weird process. I didn't. I don't know what I'm doing. I really I'm like that idea, to, though, man. I've I've. I mean, not from anything that I know, but like I've never heard of anything like that. But I really like like the concept of that, man. That's 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 very creative. Yeah, I'll have to send you some uh, some clips. Please, it's, man. I mean, it basically what happened. I started listening to too much Tom Waits, and <laughs> got inspired by some of the things he was doing, and I was like, I wonder if I can 
do you know a long version of what is he building in there of course no <laughs> yeah my, that my um both of my parents are like huge tom waits fans um uh they have like this little plaque like right outside their door that says um if there's love in the house then it's a palace for sure which i'm pretty sure is a tom uh, yeah like a tom waits line mm-hmm. um but um yeah man they like i i grew up around like all that kind of stuff that's super sick. That had to have been a really cool environment to grow up in. I grew up with a lot of music too, but it was nothing quite into that weird territory the way Tom is. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's more like old school country and things like that, which I still love. Um, but it, it's hard for me to even imagine like growing up with a Tom Waits fan as a parent. That's going to be kind of a, <laughs> I an mean, interesting I mean, experience, yeah. right? <laughs> it was. I mean, like, I'm, I'm very, very, very lucky to grow up with the parents that I did um both of them so so my dad he plays like 15 million instruments he plays the banjo accordion guitar bass he sings all that stuff my my mom's a singer my sister sings and plays guitar as of like a year ago um so I grew up around yeah like around that both of my parents playing like a bluegrass band Um, oh wow so I grew up around like guitars and gear and like, oh, and like when I was in middle school, like I remember like changing my like dad's strings for like, for, what, for like five bucks, you know, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I really grew up around, around that stuff. And like my dad and mom were much more into um, country and like, yeah, like I was saying, like Tom Waits, Bob Dylan, uh, uh, Willie Nelson, uh, mm-hmm. Lucinda Williams, um, you know, like all, all of that kind of stuff but at the same time the very first concert i ever went to was bruce springsteen but i'm not gonna nice. count that one because <laughs> i was very little but um right the very first concert that i that i went to that i actually like remember go, you know, like going to i saw um radiohead when i was like eight oh, or nine wow. and my wow. parents yeah like took me to that and the flash forward to today and like Radiohead is one of my like all time favorite bands. Like I love Radiohead. Um, very, very big fan of that band. I love Tom, Tom York's side solo project. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't think I would have gotten into like music nearly as hard as I did if not for my parents, like, like mm-hmm. 100%, like they made me develop that love for it, which I'm very thankful for. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I have my parents to thank for a lot of things, even though they may not fully understand like all the weird stuff I like, but like they always let me, you know? Yeah. They always just let me do it. You know, my parents weren't really, I mean, there were some questions, of course, you know, and I'm first time I brought home like an unearth record and was playing it in my room, they were like, what's that? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you, like everything okay? I'm like, actually, yeah, everything's great. Yeah, you know? it's great. Like, uh, listen to this guy. Listen to this you know? riff. <laughs> <laughs> but like from their perspective I totally understand like okay he was listening to like he was listening to Blink-182 and that was a little bit you know that was rock but mm-hmm. we get it and all of a sudden System of a Down okay that's a little bit more and then Unearthed it's like whoa okay we gotta make, let's just check on this kid make sure he's doing okay because yeah. this doesn't sound anything like Willie Nelson I think my my <laughs> my parents moment of let's check on this kid was um Man, I got I gotta really, like really think about this because like there was definitely a few like yeah like a few moments, but I think around the time that I started to wear skinny jeans and started to like 
adapt to that style. They're like, why are you putting all this hairspray in your hair? Why, <laughs> like, what, what's going on? Like, what, like, what are they saying in your music? Like, like they didn't really fully get it, but my parents were always like, you know, do whatever you want to do. Like when I started to wear skinny jeans, like my mom would go out and get me skinny jeans. So like, right. while they didn't understand it, they were supportive of it. Um, yeah. And I'm sure like your parents were like around, around the same kind of, kind of way where like they might not, they get it, but they let you kind of explore it and like, you know, like figure out who you are. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I'm yeah, just very thankful for that. Yeah, they gave me enough rope to hang myself. And uh, fortunately, I only choked a couple times. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, same. <laughs> like, yeah. So it was like, yeah, they didn't get it at all. Uh, and they, they, uh, but they, they always just let me do my thing. Um, but yeah, I was such a weird kid because like I listened to all the, the warp tour stuff and the like the skinny jeans stuff, but like I wore a cowboy hat most of the time. Respect. Which sick. Which was kind That's of like sick. a weird like, <laughs> like I was like this weird hybrid of like redneck and scene kid. Like it, it didn't really make any sense. But it's better uh, that you know than a fedora, bro. So <laughs> well, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Milady. Milady. Um, <laughs> But because this is supposedly a guitar podcast and we're supposed to talk about guitars um, and basses and whatnot, I love guitars let's and talk basses. <laughs> let's talk about your rig a little bit. Yeah, man. What do we what are we rocking these days? Um, let's see. Uh, so for Ko stuff, um, I'm very much subscribed right now to the Dingwall slash Dark Glass combination, mm-hmm. um, which uh, has appeared to become quite a popular thing nowadays. Um, yes. And, you know, not, not to be like that guy, but like, I've been using dark glass for years, bro. Like a very long time. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I was no, using but, dark um, glass before it was cool. No, yeah. I, I, I fully believe that like that, that a combination of played right is like how you get some of like the best tones you can possibly get within metal right now. Um, mm-hmm. So I use, Definitely. I have a Dingwall combustion four string. I use a dark glass uh, M900 V2 head. Um, I just started to build a new bass pedal board actually because i'm we're leaving for this tour with hail the sun um first date is september 14th at a chain mm-hmm. reaction in anaheim um and i was like you know what i'm tired of just like having one tone live so i want to do something cool and fun so i went out i got myself a, a disaster artist midi switcher i got myself a game changer audio pla- plasma pedal i got myself a mm-hmm. keely reverb um i think the caverns um and like I'm trying for this tour to really have like a wider range of tones, um, just to like kind of like change up the dynamics of our live set a little bit. Because I'm just trying trying to think of ways to make our set move a little more, have a little bit more like yeah, like peaks and valleys. Um, so that's my my newest venture. Um, I only play that one bass for now. I'm really thinking. So <laughs> I've been really into the the basis of Mudvayne recently. I don't know why I'm so late to this train, but I, okay. I love Mudvayne. Like for the past like year, I've been very obsessed with their bass player. Um, and he plays this awesome five string Warwick and it made me really want to get a Warwick. So I think that's going to be like my next move is to move away from Dingwall. Not like move away, but I want to really branch out and see what else is out there. Um, but yeah, that's definitely going to be like my next move. And then like from there on, like me and Alex are very much into trying to get our set MIDI programmed and everything. So in terms of like right. all around band, you know, like band gear or like overall stuff, 
that's probably our next move and next purchase is trying to get everything to like, you know, like a MIDI automated click and get our patches to a change automatically, start to get like MIDI lights going. Um, but obviously, you know, that, that costs a lot of money and time. So we're still trying, <laughs> yeah. trying to build. But for this tour, we finally have our own in-ear rig so we can hear pure ourselves live, which has been a massive game changer. Um, it's so huge. It's, it's so it's insane, oh. man. Like on like I mean, like we only played one show show with it so far, and <laughs> there's actually a funny story about that, that I'll get to. But um, even at practices, man, just being able to hear ourselves is insane. Like it's just like you really don't realize how much you miss when you're just playing in a loud room and you really can't hear certain elements by themselves. But being totally. able to hear ourselves and me being able to hear Alex and our other guitar player city has been uh very game changing in how tight we play as a band and how we work as a band it's it's so insane and it also helps you save your ears mm-hmm. <laughs> like 100 it's, it's the best thing as soon as i started practicing this i haven't done this for a long long time but when we were playing as a band more often and as soon as we got in ears i was like what have we been doing? What, like, everything, every other way we've ever played is just stupid compared to this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Trust I me. I couldn't hear anything. Yeah. Anything. I'm, so good. I mean, like, it's it's so funny, man, because, like, how KO is, is, like, going back to, like, the controlled chaos thing, which is, it's it's funny how this, how, like, this works out like this. Like, me and Alex are much more, like, as I was saying, like, we're planning on, like, on, like, MIDI mapping our whole entire set down to like lights and patch changes and everything. Um, mm-hmm. While Peter and Peo, while they're down down with that, are much more on the punk rock side. They they love just playing on floors and just blasting mad, mad loud and playing fast. <laughs> um, so it's it's always like this weird like back and forth between me and Alex and Peter and Peo of like. And again, I'm not I'm not saying that they're not da- down for it, but it's always like this back and forth of like punk or everything on a click and MIDI controlled. You know what I mean? So we're right. trying to find like that nice balance and make it make it so like everybody's happy. But I think once we started to use the in-ears, everyone's like, okay, I get this. This helps a lot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> it does. It's going to be better for you. It's going to be better for the audience because you you do tighten up. Oh, you're yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I can't get away with that now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's and uh, and it, and it also will it'll make you respond to each other better because you can hear what each other are doing, and it might actually like inspire you to like, oh, I'm gonna throw this little yeah, thing, yeah, in, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, because I didn't realize I had space to do that until now. Exactly, you know? exactly, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, like you know, there it does have its draw its its drawbacks for for one. Again, we're since we're still fairly new to you know the whole like in your rig and rig building in general, you know there's obviously been some some road bumps and uh, so we played this show in New Hampshire. Uh, what's today? Today's Saturday. We played it uh, I think a week ago now, um, and it was our first show in 500 in 19 days. So first oh, show wow. back, right? Like that was wow. the exact amount was 519 days, um, and it was our first show with our new rig and using the ears. And, you know, uh, how we have it rigged is like, because like we're still trying to piece everything together, we only have one Sennheiser uh, wireless and basically me and Alex get our own feed 
it's only a mono feed, so we can't like pan, pan anything. So we just get our own like mono signal. We can set our own mix. And then Peo hard wires to um, our UI24, uh, our Soundcraft. Um, and when the set started, he must have pulled out his cable. So he couldn't hear anything besides his drums and the cab tones. Which, oh, no. Which right off the bat is not good. Um, but, you know, like at least like me and Alex could still hear and like it was fine. And then we got to this part. So basically how I have it and how Alex has it, we have none of Peter's mic in our ears. But we have my mic in our ears so I can hear myself and Alex can hear for like the harmonies. And Peter, being Peter and being punk rock, he likes to go run around stage. There's just one part in our song, um, Runaway Jay, where it's this very chaotic pattern where it's like, right? And it's like, it's hard to follow to start with. Peter grabs my my mic and just starts going, and like this right. very loud. And because of how loud it is in mine and Alex's ears, we're just, just like, done. we couldn't hear anything. I've never, <laughs> dude, I have never in my life felt more helpless on stage. We both looked at each other. We looked at Peo. We're all just like, I don't know what's happening. We're just going to keep playing. And eventually we're going to land on the downbeat. And then, right. we did. <laughs> and then, and then we just kept going. <laughs> but then we just went dude. to Peter afterwards and we're, and we're just like, Listen, bro. <laughs> like, you can't do that. You can't do that. Leave my mic alone. <laughs> but it's not even really his fault because then, like, after that, like, one or two kids went up and grabbed my my mic for like guest vocals. And at that point, I was just like, you know what? I'm done. I just ripped the ears out. Yeah. I couldn't do it. And when I like when I took my ears out, that sucked too because the whole entire night I had my ears in like while I was watching bands too. So when I ripped them out, it was just like an onslaught so of yeah sound and symbols and like. It was like the most chaotic feeling ever, dude. But, but that being said, once we have it down to a system, and once we have it like, f- like, yeah, like figured out so that doesn't happen, then we'll be set. It'll be great. These you are, know? yeah, these are the things that you just you'll learn as you go. I mean, like you said, first show with in ears, period. But first show back after five hundred nineteen days too. So you're just throw. You're not even doing what you were used to doing before. Oh yeah, exactly. You, you know, so it was just a total like. If you didn't have something weird happen, that would have actually been weirder. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's like it went totally smoothly. I, we introduced I this been, new system, and it was all fine. Yeah, I would have <laughs> like, been very, very surprised. I mean, it would have been a nice surprise, but no, like obviously, mm-hmm. oh my god, and like, and like this is kind of like you know, like an off-topic thing, but like right after the set, I've never thrown up from playing a set before, and we played that that last note. I was just like, Mm-mm. like something's not not right. I debated to put my bass down is under the back but i was just like you know what punk rock like screw it and i just knelt down i hurled like a solid five or six times and i was oh, like geez. all right i'm good and that's never happened to me before never like like that's i've crazy. had like semi-close calls sure but i think just the fact like yeah like it was 519 days of me sitting at my computer recording playing video games doing whatever and then just running around for a solid like four well like 40 minutes just did something to my body it was just like nope you need to do this right now bro so i knelt down i threw up a little bit and i was like i'm good like it's all right (laughs) you think it was like anxiety or was it literally just the physical like i'm not my body's not used to i think it was just the physical aspect of it and also like um uh shout out jewel in new hampshire except not kind of it's kind of fuck those guys because um our photographer Cody 
went to go get us waters from the bar and the bartender was like, oh, do you guys have a tab open? And this was like in the middle of our set. And he was just like, no, like they're on stage. Like, like I just need waters, like cups of waters. And they wouldn't give it to him. So I, I ended up playing that whole set without water. And then maybe like what? the second song before we were done, I got a jug of water from my photographer. And I took like four or five huge swigs of it, right? And right. by the time like that last song was done, I was I think that's what happened is like, cause it was like all, all water. Like I just yeah. kind of like chugged that down. So I think it was a combination of like chugging a massive amount of water in a small amount of time. And then again, just sitting down for a very long time, you know? I'm still so confused. Like you have a tab open, it's water. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> shout, this is what I'm saying. Shout out Jewel, but not shout out Jewel. Like, like, like they're right. like, it was a weird, weird, like, yeah, like the weird, I don't know, like the weirdest it's thing. Not like, like we're asking for beers. We literally, we want, I just literally want, want water. <laughs> I want your town's tap water. I'm not asking for Poland Spring. I am asking for your soda gun. That's it. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's insane, man. Like that's that, that's one thing I'm not stoked about. Shows coming back is having to uh, deal with that stuff. That's not the first time that that's happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, but is it just like the? I've never. I'm so confused. Is that just like the bartender being confused on who's asking for water? It's not like that. I'm not saying the band's like more important than anybody else, but it's like it is kind of weird. It's like the band just wants water. We literally just wanted like, water. It was very, it was very strange, and like you know, it was extremely hot in that venue. I have no idea, man. Like I, it's so I, weird. Like and like you know, I'm not a confrontational person by any stretch of the word, and I was like so close to going on 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 the uh, mic and being like, "Can we Give please me some have water? water? <laughs> like we do not have a tab. I have." two dollars in my pocket you can have it like you know what i mean like right. <laughs> but i've learned yeah, my my lesson and from now on i am always buying a gallon of water or having some sort of water on stage before i play because i don't mm -hmm. want that to happen again because that sucked no 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 you got to have the h2o you got to yes sir all right man well we're nearing the end of the uh, main part of the episode and this would be where I would segue into the classic questions I ask at the end of every episode. Hit me with it. But before I do that, I like to give the guests the opportunity to, you know, say whatever they want to say. If they want to shout out their mom or, you know, whatever you want to do right now, the floor is yours okay. to tell some stuff to a couple thousand people. Oh, man. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to use this time. Um, I'm going to tell y'all a couple of bands you should check out. Um, there you go. That are my favorite locals from the area. Listen to Fever War. <laughs> they are um, their album "Piss Poor" is always in our van's CD player. It's the only CD that 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 we have in there. Incredible band. Um, he was one of like the nicest dudes that I've ever met. Um, all those dudes are incredible people, and they deserve your support. I highly recommend you check them out. Um, and yeah, that's that's honestly my my main band. If you don't if you don't go and listen to Fever War now, that's a bad thing. You have to go listen to them. Just I promise I'm, you. I know what I'm doing after I this podcast. You. Is over. Um, <laughs> so yeah, def definitely check out them. Um, not to keep the the uh, Fever thing going, but this band called Fever Dreams from from Philadelphia. Um, uh, Peo and Peter live with uh, two of the Earth, three of those guys. Really, really. Great band, very very talent, talented dudes. Um, check out Omerta. Check out Static Dress. I'm sure that p people listening to this have have heard of that band. Um, Snake Charmer is a great band from Philadelphia. Uh, 
better machines uh absent light there's 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 so many bands that i could like shout out now that i want people to check out because like i feel like as i was saying like i like the beginning of the uh, podcast um everything is very saturated now yeah and i feel like it's very hard for newer bands to get the spotlight and i just highly encourage anybody who's listening to go to a local show just explore a little bit you know um take a break from architects and uh bring the horizon and like you know like the larger class bands and really pay attention to what's going around in in your city um what your friends are doing because i feel like that's the most important part and those are the bands that are going to be on those large stages in four to five years time um and you know they all just deserve your support um yeah that's i think that's a really really good thing to say i mean i would add a little bit to that by saying like think about it from you know most people that listen to this as odd as it sounds, I know there are a few actually non-musicians that listen to this because they've wrote in and told me, which is strange, but I love you. I'm glad you're here. But pretty much everyone else is a, is a guitar player or a musician of some stripe. Think about it from your perspective. Like if you're creating something, you know, the people who tend to like support you the hardest seem to not, this isn't true across the board, but they tend not to be those that are close to you. Mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. It's it's a weird thing, right? Like, And I think we just need to remember to support those that we are close to. Because like, even with this podcast, my family loves that I do it, but, you know, it's not their thing. And I get it, yeah. you know? But it is a uh, it is a thing that I've talked about with, with my family before. It's like, I love that you guys are cool with me doing this, but sometimes, like, it'd be cool if you checked it checked out some of my of stuff. Of course, man. Yeah, know? no, yeah. I mean, like, and, dude, like, yeah. it, I mean, everyone starts summer. Everyone started from nothing. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Everybody. You need that, you need that at support and that general attention to what you're doing. You know what I mean? It, t- it takes a long, long time to build, but I really think if everybody, you know what I mean, just took like a day at, like, even just like an hour, like, from their week to check out something new, it would mm-hmm. just, it would help the music scene so much. Like all all around the board. Just one hour per per week to sit down, find a band you've never heard of, and just listen through their album. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yep. very it, it, yeah, it's yeah, it's very important, dude. There's a there's a little thing that I've I've done occasionally uh for bands that like literally bands that I've never heard of. And if I I listen to them and I dig them, I have ex, ex, an extra device that I just turn on and I just stream the album all day long. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I'm not there. No, yeah. I'll just let it run. Of you course, know? yeah. And and, and uh, it's, some people are like, oh, that's not going to do much. And I'm like, but it does something. Yeah. You know, it does something. And on Apple Music now, they've said that that's one cent per stream. So really, that's accurate. It's a new thing. That's a new it's thing? It's a new thing. Ooh. It's a new thing. Yeah. Uh- because that's so, that's way better than Spotify. Sheesh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's still not much, but it's it's a lot better, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, which uh, we can talk about that stuff in the Patreon section. I've got I've got some things I want to pick your Respect, brain about, dude. Nice. No, dude. Dude, that's that's <clears throat> see, like that's how you grind, man. You're 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 getting creative. Yeah, like creative with it. Me, yeah, like me and Alex love. Um, I don't know if you ever listened to the Minimalist podcast. Um, I haven't. Uh. They're, they're these two guys that, long story short, they came from the the corporate world and had like these high-paying corporate sa- salary jobs. 
and eventually got to the point where like, we don't like doing this. We don't like any of this. So they sold like all their stuff and they live like this super minimalistic lifestyle. And they and, like their podcast, they just talk about that. They, they talk about like general life stuff, but they do a similar thing where like, you know, like their podcasts are like an hour long, but then they have a, a, a Patreon where like, it's like an extended thing. And mm-hmm. it's like more content and it's just like more. And like, you know, it's, it's a very smart th- thing to do. You know what I mean? You pay like, well, like two bucks a month, I think for them and mm-hmm. you get like all this extra content and like i just think it's a really smart way to grow yourself and keep yourself financially stable it's awesome dude well, well yeah the supporters over there like especially through the pandemic it, and it doesn't seem like much but it's been huge and i do basically the same thing so yeah they they can support over there and basically what what i do is uh this is a peek behind the curtain i guess for the main episode uh, i just you know we when i wrap up the final questions we sign off <laughs> And then we just hit record again. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just keep going. Fire. So, yeah. So let me get into those final questions and we'll do just that. Sure. So here we go. First one. What is your favorite boss pedal? Oh, man. Boss OC5. Yes, sir. Oh, OC5. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, my God. Mm. That, that I, I've never had to not think about a question like that. Like that, 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 that was like the most immediate. Because like, it's funny you, you, you bring that up. Um, so again, like as I said, I work at this studio in in Bayonne called called a Timber, and I was tracking this band called Freeze, which is also another band for, that people should check out. I forgot to mention them, um, and uh, we used that boss pedal on like seventy five percent of the guitar parts because like even just if you take that thing, blend in the smallest amount of low octave, the smallest amount of high octave, it just gives the guitar so much more oomph and anger to it and like mm-hmm. there's just so much that that pedal can do and um i'm just in general like a sucker for like for, for like octave pedals like one of my f- favorite bands is closer in moscow and um mm-hmm. they're they're like cute on that stuff you know what i mean like they i'm pretty sure they use a pog but um yeah, that boss OC five man. There's there's a lot you can do with that. It's crazy. OC5. It's a fun pedal. I just got an uh, an original OC two here a couple mm. weeks ago, and I've been Hell having yeah. fun with that. It's uh, <laughs> I did some really dumb stuff with it, but it's oh, yeah. <laughs> octave pedals are a lot of fun. They're a good time. Okay, the final question, and this is the one that you know breaks families apart and gets things uh, pretty dicey. Okay, it's pretty serious. Okay, <laughs> what's your favorite kind of pizza? <laughs> so I'll I'll give you two two answers. Okay. My standard, like if I'm just going to like a general pizza store, so like a, you know so, something that every sh- a shop has, I would definitely say uh, red peppers, onions, and spinach. I love to serve mm-hmm. p- pizza mm-hmm. with with those three ingredients. I like yeah. I'm a vegetarian for two, for two and a half years, so I like to just load up as many veggies as I can on something. So that's my mm-hmm. my like go to combo, and my vague answer or not my vague answer, my more kind of out there answer. Um, I, I work at this Italian spot, or worked at this this uh, spot in Princeton, um, and they had this pizza called the insalata. And what the insalata is, it's a twelve inch personal size pie. It's a white mm-hmm. pie, so there's no sauce on it. It's just like three different types of cheese on it, and they put salad on top of the pizza with balsamic dressing Ooh. on top, right? Okay. So you get yeah. that, and basically what you do is you take the salad, you fold the pizza slices up, and you fold some salad inside of those slices, and the balsamic seeps through 
the salad mm. and into the cheese, bro. Yeah, bro, life changing. And they don't that make it good. anymore. They stopped making it. And I was just like, like all you need is salad, greens, and balsamic dressing. You got everything else. But to this day, that's probably my favorite pizza that I've ever had. Like <laughs> that sounds really good. Like I never would have thought about that, but that sounds bomb. I highly, like, I highly, yeah, like recommend you go out to get yourself a white pie, get some salad, get some, yeah, some balsamic vinaigrette, mm -hmm. and you're good to go. <laughs> oh man, that, yeah, I, I could see that. Like kind of slightly sweet from the balsamic, you know, mixed with the salt from the cheese and everything. Yeah, I can see that working out really well. That mm -hmm. sounds great. Yeah, I, I like arugula on my pizzas and this is just be like another step up from that. So I'm down with that. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, dude, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Dude, it was great to talk, man. I Yeah, and like one thing too, I've I've never done a podcast. You know, I, that's not true. I've done one podcast like, a year or two ago, but like this is very new, yeah, you know, like new to me. So I thank you for having me on and giving me the chance to talk and ramble because I know I'm not the most uh, eloquent speaker, but I really enjoyed the uh, conversation, dude. I did too, uh, and ex in fact, I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to do a little more. So let's slide over and do that. For August, this is Blake, and as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. August and I became buddies from this episode. That was a lot of fun. You know, it's great when that happens. It's always fun to talk to people, but sometimes you just hit it off extra well. And that is exactly what happened on this episode. So if you would like to hear more of that, go over to Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash tonemob, where for five bucks a month, you can help support this podcast in a real meaningful way and get extra content delivered straight to your ears every week week. Another option, if you are an Apple user, as you may have heard me talk about, you can now subscribe in Apple Podcasts. And it's real, real simple. There's a little subscribe button if you go to the Tone Mob page in Apple Podcasts, and you just hit that, put in your face ID or your touch ID or whatever ID you use for Apple, and it will connect to your Apple account. And boom, you will also get those extra episodes beamed to your device every week, just like Patreon. So either way is fine, whichever way you prefer, but either way you get extra content and you help support the show. So thank you all very much for doing that. And if you can, if you can, I would really appreciate it, but don't stretch yourself. Do not do that. I would much rather you take care of you so you can come back and listen next week. And with that in mind, if you'd like to support the show in a different and free way, please tell people about it. Tell anyone you can about it. That is a huge, huge, huge thing. This show literally would not be what it is without people telling other people about it. So thank you so much, and I will talk to you again real soon. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings 
So why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.